I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETFs for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focus Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth, and Michael Passante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Harry, Michael, how are you guys? I'm great. Are you guys good? We're hanging in there. Okay. Well, on Friday, you might not have been. On Friday, Amazon.com reported its first loss in seven years. The Dow Jones Industrial Average plunged 938 points, or 2.8%. That was the second week in a row that the Dow has sank more than 900 points on a Friday. The S&P 500 sank 3.6%. It marks the worst month for the Dow and the S&P 500 since March 2020. Meanwhile, the NASDAQ's 13% plunge over the past four weeks was its biggest monthly drop since October 2008. So the first question is, are we entering a recession? No, we're already in one. Um, So technically, a recession, as defined, you know, but the definition of one is two consecutive negative quarters of GDP. Last week, we got our first negative quarter already at negative 1.4% in the most recent GDP report. Now, the negativity in the report was completely due to the trade deficit and inventory overhangs. There was a pretty significant inventory rebuild at the end of last year, and now companies seem to have a little bit too much of inventory on stock. Consumption was good, so the consumer was still in pretty good shape, but the consumer's slowing. And anybody who I've talked to over the course of the last, I don't know, year, This should come as no surprise to you. The second quarter of 2022 is going to be weak in terms of GDP reporting. So it's very likely that the second quarter is going to be weaker than the first quarter, which means unless that first quarter GDP number gets revised higher, technically we are in a recession right now. And I think that's what the market is telling you. And that's why you're seeing the performance of everything skewed this way. I didn't expect the first quarter to actually go negative. But you're ta- you have a situation where you're basically in a recession and growth is speeding towards zero slash negative now, especially consumption from the consumer. And you have a Federal Reserve that's talking about hiking rates 10 times. I mean, that's how many rate hikes are currently priced into the market. So, you know, you usually see the periods of volatility in terms of financial markets when you have a recessionary period, especially from the S&P 500, which generally doesn't have great returns when you look at a recession. There have been periods of positivity, even when we've been in a recession. Even during the 2001, 2002 time period, consumption from the consumer never never actually went negative materially. So the, the good thing is the consumer's in relatively okay shape from a balance sheet perspective. From an income perspective, a lot of people are feeling squeezed and you've had the tightest or the fastest tightening in financial conditions ever, literally ever from the same period last year due to the fact that the Fed is withdrawing liquidity and hiking rates. So the market's telling you 10 rate hikes is way too many, especially into this economic period that we are in. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to add to that, Mike. I mean, look, if we look right now at what's going on, major sea change. You've had policy accommodation, right? since 2009 in the system. So you're talking about, you know, almost 13, 12 to 13 years of of easing policy accommodations in the system, not taking out. 
big sea change taking that out. On top of that, you have these inflationary numbers that just won't back off and as far from transitionary as we thought it would not be transitionary. That has not abated either. On top of that, you have the supply chain kicks, and then you have the Fed raising rates. So this is a period, you know, every period's different. Something's always, you know, different in the world. Uh, this is a different one than those others. Um, and it's going to take some time. I mean, if you look at the average recession right now, I think that we're probably, I agree, I would agree with you, Mike, we're in the middle of a recession, probably a light one, just like, you know, COVID March, one of the lightest recessions ever. Average recession, 18 months. I don't think this is one of those periods, uh, but it could be. Um, and, uh, you know, what is the policy accommodation to soften it? Uh, too much money was out there and uh, not targeted enough. Um, the policy response to COVID was huge. And I, I'm worried about the other side of bringing these monies back in. And obviously, this is what you're getting. So it's going to be interesting. Fed's got to, you know, to really walk a tight rope here. Look at the financial stocks, right? Markets, to your point, Michael, speak. Look at the financial stocks trading down like dog poo-poo. Um, you know, that was really in a rising rate environment. Those things should have been great. They should have done very well. Fed was, a con you know, Fed raising rates is very good for bank stocks, balance sheets stronger than ever, uh, but they are not trading like that. So I think you got to look around you right now. And I think that at these periods, right, there's also some great values that we didn't see. We didn't see these values in the markets out there now. And certain areas are certainly starting to look attractive. So yeah, sea for sure. And sea changes are rough. Uh, they're turbulent. And that's what we're in right now. And, um, you know, fortunately, we don't have to navigate through. And, you know, uh, there is some opportunity now as well. Yeah. And to that comment before, one thing that I, I want to make very clear, I mean, everybody associates every recency bias, right? Every recession is going to be like the last recession. The last two recessions that we saw with the financial crisis and COVID are two of the four worst GDP events we've seen from a recessionary slash depressionary time period in history. Yeah. This is like, there was too much money sloshing around as provided throughout that COVID time period. Now I fully agree with the fact that the government had to step in and intervene, but the withdrawal of stimulus, the withdrawal is actually taking place too quickly right now as well. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're going into this particular time period. Maybe we did too much. Now we're pulling back on the reins too far, too fast. And I think that there's got to be some balance associated with everything. And I do not think that this is going to be a majorly severe type of economic contraction from a GDP standpoint. Yeah. It could be consistent. So it might just linger for a bit, depending on what the policy response actually is. Yeah. If any. Yeah. I mean, you talk about that where um, they've put in a lot of them. You got to remember that there's only been one rate hike so far. And this is what's happened in the wake of one rate hike. And um, you were talking about the financials are not doing well, Phil. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that they're interpreting um, this inflationary picture staying for longer. And I also think that they're interpreting that we have a recession. And, and the recession, you know, um, typically, banking and financial activity is less and what type of loans they have out there that they could be sitting on losses. Uh, you know, everyone going into this while the consumer is, you know, uh, pretty, pretty solid right now on their balance sheet, banks are solid on their balance sheet too, but there is a concern there 
um, of what type of businesses they could be invested in, what's revenue going to look like going forward, especially as rates rise. I mean, you see the mortgage starts, you know, really uh, start to slow down, et cetera. So as this economic data comes in very conflicted, uh, that often is when you're in a recession, in my opinion, when you have all this conflicting economic data coming through. And to Michael's point, you know, the worst number in 50 years, you know, when you have this type of change, uh, there's often um, some time, some some changes. Okay. And the second question comes from Ed in New York. And he asks, I'm retired and just need some indication that I will be okay in spite of what the Fed is doing with rate hikes. Will this pass or do I need to do something different? I guess I'm just looking for a little assurance. So what do you think, Phil? Can you give them any assurance? There you go. I mean, so these are incredibly unsettling markets uh, for, for people to go through, even though, you know, and when you look at it, we still have had the best two-year period on the S&P 500 ever, okay? So the, the, the returns have been very good. Um, nothing goes up forever. As we told all of our clients, we have felt that we are a late cycle uh, last year and you have to stay diversified. Now, staying diversified in this environment has presented troubles of its own because at year to date this morning, you'll look at the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index down close to 10%, S&P 500 down 12%. I mean, 50-50 investor. I mean, those you know just benchmark returns are tough. What I would tell our retirees is that although this environment has been tough, there's a silver lining. And the silver lining are that real rates are going up. And because we think that we're in a permanent kind of low rate environment, I mean, you know, the 10 year treasury going to 3% is not, you know, very high interest rates. But to Michael's point, off the low point, it's a huge move upwards. What's happening is that rates going up like this and having real rates of return, providing inflation eventually backs off, which we do think inflation will eventually back off, having real higher rates of return lets us lock in fixed income for our clients at higher interest rates than they've had in the past decade without having to take on the risk in equities. You know, my wife, Tina, there's, it was called the Tina trade. There is no alternative, meaning we had to put clients in stocks and income holdings to generate income for the past, you know, decade now, uh, because you couldn't go out and buy fixed rates that yielded you anything substantial to live off of. Now, a bond is a bond. And as my buddy Pat Chalice, uh, institutional sales trader at Gordon Haskett's mentioned, uh, we are in a bond bull market, a bull market in yields, right? And price is going down, obviously, but yields are going up in bonds and there's bonds are meant to be bought to collect the yield off of it. And so once we get out of this period, our retirees are going to be able to take less risk, have good amount of income uh, without the volatility. So that's what we're looking at. And um, look, these markets are disconcerting, but we have a diversified portfolio. Uh, you have to be diversified. You have to rebalance. You have to look at where the values are. And there's three things you can always do in markets like this, right? You can buy more if you're in your younger years, right? You can sell if you can't take the risk, which is always the wrong thing to do. Because when do you get back in? or you can do nothing. And so most retirees who are not adding to their accounts, who have a diversified portfolio, who are living off the income, that's a good strategy is to sit and pat right now and um, making sure that we rebalance on a quarterly basis. So that's what we're doing. 
And um, again, I think that these markets probably get a little bit rougher um, and it's going to take a little bit of time. But uh, when you look at the values that are out there and are, and are forming um, in the middle of recessions, there's always times to put monies to work long term. And we're long term investors and, you know, day to day volatility while unsettling. Uh, you have professionals uh, dealing with it for you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, too, people always want to buy when things are really good. If you look at historical data skews, if you buy when things are actually at their worst and in tumultuous time periods, your rates of return are usually historically far better than just buying as things are really good. I'm not advocating or saying buying right now into the equity markets is the right thing to do. But on a long-term perspective, I think if you're retired and or you're drawing income off of portfolios or you need to in the over the course of the next few months, years, whatever your obvious time frame is, you want to look at what the income generation of your portfolio actually is. And when you look at what bonds actually yield right now, especially longer duration, anything in the municipal space, um, that actually looks relatively attractive on a risk-adjusted basis, especially if we are in a recession. And we are in this period of time where growth is substantially slowing. Sooner or later, rates are going to go back down. They can't continue to go up like this. So that's your, we've been saying it for a while. Sooner or later, it's going to work. I think as rates go higher, it's a much higher probability of, this, of that actually happening because rates can only sustain higher for so long, especially in the face of growth slowing. So if you're retired and you need to look at your portfolio and you're worried, look at how much money do you need? And look at how much money you can generate an income off the top of the portfolio without having to really make any changes or do anything. And if you may need to make tweaks, adjustments, whatever, that's the best way to do everything. It's not to look at the price and the fluctuation of your portfolio on a day-to-day basis. That'll drive you crazy. Okay, thanks, guys. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com. And we will be back next week. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Mike.